I truly believe to be successful in syndication, it truly has to be a labor of love. Don't tell my advertisers, but I would continue to do my show if it paid zero dollars a week. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. I would love a hard count on how much longer this industry has. And by the way, maybe it's forever. Maybe radio will continue to adapt and you know, be here for uh, another hundred years. Brand With On Demand. Rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. R-Dub is the creator, producer, and host of the internationally syndicated radio show, Sunday Night Slow Jams, currently heard on over 200 stations in 14 countries, count them. He started the show when he was just 16 years old, He's gone on to win numerous industry awards. He's been nominated for Billboard's Music Director of the Year three different times. His second passion is travel. He's currently on a mission to see all 193 countries on the planet, which he's on pace to do in the next two years. He's pitched his concept on Shark Tank. Just released a book, Go Syndicate Yourself, From Local to National, Six Steps and Countless Secrets to Radio Syndication. In his spare time, he programs Z90 and Magic 92.5 in San Diego, where he also handles afternoon drive. Brand with Honda Man is proud to welcome the multi-talented Randy Williams, better known as r Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me on today. This is, uh, this is awesome. I appreciate the invite. Hey, we're glad to have you. So, r we all know why we got into the business, but when did you first know that you wanted to start a network show to be a national star? You know, so my passion early on was the, I think urban radio refers it to uh, as, as the quiet storm. These are these late night uh, slow jam radio shows, sure. right? Where the DJ talks soft and, and uh, you know, plays slow jams and, and takes dedications. Um, I started doing that locally really as a kid. I was 16 when I started. The main difference between me and all of the kind of the big quiet storm hosts that I had heard growing up is I didn't have one of those giant thunderous bass infused voices of God that these guys had. I mean, these guys, you know, in, in some of the cities and stations that I listened to, like WGCI in Chicago and uh, 92.3 to beat in Los Angeles, they had these just, I mean, these, these, these voices would rattle the, the, the speakers in your trunk. Yeah. I never had that. I had an okay voice, but I certainly could not compete with these, you know, amazingly famous quiet storm hosts with these just outstanding deep voices. So I, I never had syndication in mind. And even when a few of my, my friends and colleagues, you know, knew about my show and knew about the, the, the local rating success and they would bring stuff up like, Hey, you should, you should syndicate the show. You know, I, I never even, even considered it or, or gave it a thought because, you know, it's kind of like if you, you know, if you're, if you're an okay basketball player, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an okay basketball player, but I don't belong in the NBA. So for me, it was, it was honestly never an aspiration until coincidentally, there were two program directors in outside markets, and at the very same time, the stars must have aligned. At the very same time, they approached me, and they knew about my show called Sunday Night Slow Jams, and they asked if I would be willing or if I would, would even consider sending them a generic version of my show without my local call letters that they can run on their end. And I thought that might be kind of neat. So, you know, all of a sudden to be on in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma and, and my home city of Tucson, Arizona and, and another small market as well. well. Boy, I think that makes me nationally syndicated. So I said, sure, I'll do that. Let's give it a try. And, um, you know, the, the, the question was, okay, this show, 
you know, has a 50 share in Tucson, but will it do the same or even close to the same in a market that's so different like Tulsa, Oklahoma? And thankfully, the success was there. Okay. So flipping the script just a little bit, what about a radio person who might like to be national, but maybe they're not quite ready yet, if ever? How can someone tell if their show isn't quite ready yet? That's a great question. Well, the first thing I do in the book is I, I misspell the myth of kind of how syndication works for the average the average radio personality or, or DJ. And, you know, I, I talk about there's 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 different kinds of syndication deals. Now, look, if you're if you're a famous person, I'll use Garth Brooks as an example. If you're Garth Brooks and you have an idea to do a syndicated country show, you can probably make a call and have, you know, all four or five major syndicated companies bidding uh, for you and, and, you know, sign a multi-million dollar deal before the weekends. And they'll probably get you on a hundred stations in the first 30 days. Most of us aren't household names like Garth Brooks. So I say, look, if you're, if you're, if you're a regular personality, no matter how good you are, but if you're just a local personality, uh, it's up to you to 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 syndicate yourself. And it, you know, the, these these magical deals that a lot of local talent thinks that if they have a good local show, they can just pick up the phone and a syndication company will sign you. That happens now and then, but it it's really not the case. Um, for for most deals, so the, the first myth is: look, you you can syndicate yourself, and that's how I started, and that's how so many uh, so many syndicated stars start off. Is it's not with this you know magical mythical deal of a syndication company discovering you; it's you going out there to bust your ass. Um, you know, I, I can compare it to to acting or or comedy, and really, I think those are great analogies because if you want to be an actor, if you want to uh, hit it big in Hollywood, uh, but you've never acted outside of your hometown of uh, South Bend, Indiana, uh, you know, you can't just call up the Hollywood studios and say, hey, I'm ready to uh, star in the next universal motion picture. What you do is you move yourself out there to Hollywood and you start building a foundation in acting brick by brick by brick. And that's by taking more parts. Uh, syndication is no different. So you'll want to do that same thing, but you'll want to do it with radio stations. And that means being, being successful uh, in your home market first. Um, and then and then test marketing it in one or two or three other cities to see if it works there. And if it does, you continue your path until you have 10, 20, 30 stations. Then you may or may not get a good look from a, a syndication company. You've had the concept of slow jam since you were 16. And you got on a station and then another. Tell us about the first steps you took in testing the network waters. How did you know? When it was time for you, you know that's a great question. Um, I actually go through six very concrete and detailed steps in my my book, and you know that question kind of relates back to those steps. The very first thing is uh, you're going to need to be successful in your hometown. Um, I have friends with great intentions uh, and great ideas of this new type of show that they want to do, this new concept that you know plays a certain kind of music or has a certain kind of content, and I say, well, how is it doing on your local station uh, where you're employed at, where you do afternoons at or middays at? And they say, well. I, I don't know. It's it's not on that station. The very first thing you would ask yourself is 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 how is it doing locally? So number one, is it on locally? And if it's not, you put it on locally. Uh, and then that second step is going to be measurement. All right. So the question is, okay, am I ready to go national? Well, there's there's kind of many yes or no questions, and and you know all of them have a. Uh, uh, an A and B answer. And if it's A, that means proceed, go to the next step. If, if it's B, nope, stop, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. So, you know, again, one of the, fir <laughs> one of the first steps is, is to make sure you are not only on locally, 
but you have a great story because if you're not winning, if you're not really showing an incredible story locally in the numbers, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to Nielsen, uh, you know, I, I tell people, stop there. Don't go any farther until you have some amazing stories to share with your, your potential next affiliates in the next market. And then you're going to repeat that process in market two, three, and four, and five. Uh, you may be winning the battle locally. You may have a 70 share local, but if that content and that show doesn't translate to markets that are far away, again, you are not ready for syndication. So it's definitely a series of, of steps. It's not easy, but I believe the process is simple. Yeah, simple but not easy. Yeah, right. The story of our lives. That sums up my life. <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> Hardly. What are some of the things an aspiring national host should know beyond what they've learned on a local level? You know, absolutely. To be successful in national syndication, for the most part, again, look, some people are discovered and are overnight successes. But again, that is, uh, that's the exception to the rule. For most personalities, one of the things that people should know is it is a long-term game. You want to be in it for the right reasons. If you're getting in it for fame and money overnight, uh, you know, again, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Uh, I, I truly believe to be successful in syndication, it, it truly has to be a labor of love. You know, don't tell my advertisers, but I would continue to do my show if it paid $0 a week. I love what I do. And it excites me to get the show on not just big markets, you know, but there are small markets that I, I have extreme pleasure in delivering my show and delivering my my content to. I believe that, you know, it starts with that. It starts with truly loving the show and, and knowing that national syndication is a very, very, very long-term game. There's also different kinds of syndications. You know, when, when people say, hey, I want to be syndicated. Okay, but what does that mean? You know, I have friends who are just starting out and they are literally on you know, five low power FMs and like two college stations. But for all intents and purposes, they are syndicated. Mm -hmm. Now, they're not making millions of dollars a year. In fact, I don't think they're making any money. In fact, I think the show's costing them more to produce than they're, they're making because they're on these small stations. But remember, uh, if you're on two radio stations in two different markets, you are syndicated. So there's, there's many, many, many different levels. You know, I look at the syndication empire as you know, a giant building and you can build this building as, as tall and grand as you want it to be. Every new station is another brick and there are pretty much infinite bricks in the country and in the world. So you can, you can keep adding on, uh, you know, but the, the main thing I would say, it is a long-term game. You have to have lots of patience and put in a, a whole bunch of work and hustle and do not expect results ever or uh, overnight. So not to create a spoiler alert by any means, but in the last chapter of the book, you cover 50 rules to remember. So if we could share just one of those right now, which one? You know, so yeah, so when the book was done and I and all the chapters and all the steps are laid out, and even after we've, you know, we've talked to all the different experts and the heads of the syndication companies and even program directors and, you know, some of the biggest stars in syndication at the very end of the book, you're right, I have 50 rules to remember and they vary so greatly. Some of them are, are uh, just rules about treating each other. Others really get into the business. You know, it was hard to pick one. But the one one rule I would bring up today, because I see it so much as we enter the most heated political season of most of our entire lives, it's happening right now. You know, one of the rules I talk about is, you know, leave your personal beliefs off of social media, even if, you, even if it's your personal account. 
there is, and I won't name this person, but there is a uh, there's a person in the syndication business who goes on political rants and and right or wrong, whether you're on this person's side or not, uh, it does nothing to help your business. It just really doesn't. And if I put my political beliefs out on Facebook, not just for my listeners to see, but for potential program directors and uh, and programming VPs to see, uh, half of the people out there that like me now would probably not like me anymore. There's just no reason for it and there's no gain. So I think currently, I think the most important rule out of those 50 is keep your political uh, beliefs and, and, and anything polarizing. Just keep them off of Facebook because, um, you know, your, your program directors, your clients are reading Facebook. And it's a real easy way to turn off basically half of your audience. Excellent point. Hey, talented R-Dub, it's great to have him. Somebody you'd like to hear from, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Email us at show at brandwithondemand.com. Yeah, they can join other industry innovators like Fred Jacobs, who just hosted an excellent tour of CES, New York City's radio queen of middays, Helen Little, Hank FM program director and CMA nominee Ryan Wild, and over 130 others all in the previous episodes wherever you're downloading this coming up r dubs shares what he knows now that he really wishes he knew way back when hi this is dave from music master scheduling here with another music master raving fan hi it's gary berkowitz ac programming consultant at berkowitz broadcast consulting in detroit and how is music master made scheduling music better easier and faster well lots of reasons but to me the number one reason is the support you get ready to become a music master raving fan get in touch at musicmaster.com sales they save me every time what is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. The stuff we know now, we wish we'd known then. Brand with On Demand. Hey, R-Dub, what's the one thing that you know right now that you really wish you'd known way back when you were starting out? And then what's the one thing you wish you knew right now about what's going to happen in the future? So, you know, it's something that I actually have to keep reminding myself literally day to day. And and it's more of a life lesson than, than a radio lesson. I think it can be uh, applied uh, not just uh, in any industry, but in any, anyone's life. Uh, and that is... Uh, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself to enjoy every moment, to 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 literally relish and take in and suck in every single moment, and um, you know, don't treat it, uh, you know, treat it like a like a fine wine and 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 sip it and really enjoy it. I find myself looking back on certain parts of my career, whether it was in Tucson or Los Angeles, and I remember there were some definitely some stressful times, and I I did enjoy. Uh, most of the times, but I, I don't think I actually sat and took a deep breath and said, look, this this moment isn't going to last forever, so enjoy it. I think I do that more and more every single day. I find myself doing that often here in San Diego and with slow jams, stopping and saying, hey, enjoy this because uh, it won't be like this forever. When we're young, at least I did, you, know, you think that uh, the situation you're in uh, at that time is going to last forever. I had aspirations of staying in Tucson my whole life at that one radio station. Um, but I would definitely tell myself, hey, 
enjoy it just a little bit more, uh, especially when you're in, you know, in different markets, et cetera. I look back, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for a few years when I was a PD at uh, 92.3 there. And uh, I look back and, and look at all the things I wish I would have done as a, as a local Angelino. So um, I found myself kicking myself here in San Diego doing this, like, hey, you live here, go to the beach, you know, right. go, to, go, to, go to Balboa Park, go to Tijuana, enjoy yourself. Exactly. Uh, as far as the future, you know, um, that's tough because there's a lot of things in the future I really I don't want to know. I think it I think it would be dangerous uh, to know. But I will be honest with you, I would love just for financial planning reasons. I would love a hard count on uh, how much longer this industry has. And by the way, maybe it's forever. Maybe uh, you know radio will continue to uh, adapt and and uh, you know be here for uh, another hundred years. Maybe we have twelve um, as radio as we know it. I do know that it's it's changing so rapidly, and you know even the changes that have happened over the past two years, I honestly could have never imagined. So for me, I would it'd be nice to have a little, little clock just so you can kind of plan with saving and retirement and stuff like that. And I don't mean to uh, be doom and gloom by saying that. I hope we have another. I hope radio outlasts all of our lives. But uh, you know, to be honest and candid with each other. Things have changed so much. We've seen so many big changes, even over the past, you know, year or two years. I'd like to know what else is in store and how much longer we can, um, you know, survive. And again, I leave you with: I hope it's hope it's for longer than we live. I hope it's way past our lifetime, but you never know. Our thanks to the highly talented R Dub. You get links to R Dub's book. Go syndicate yourself. Experiences from Shark Tank, his slow jam show, and almost everything else you'd want to know about R Dub is in the show notes. As always, thanks to our exec producer, Cindy Huber. And coming up next, which branding issue interests you most? Influencing others, like listeners and advertisers? or getting yourself unstuck. Either way, we've got you covered. Branding's brilliant best-selling coach, Tom Asacker, joins us. That's a wrap, Kipper. Illusion is an important magic trick you need to learn. We'll talk about it in the one-minute marketizing, which you'll find in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wise.